Greetings, I'm Kirsten Banksness, and this is the Kirsten's Agenda podcast, where I talk to all kinds of interesting people about all kinds of interesting things that I want you to know about. And don't forget to take time to rate, review, and of course, subscribe, so you're notified whenever I post new episodes. One, two, three, seven, Kirsten's Agenda is the name of my podcast, a personal departure from my crime-solving broadcast. There will be lots of segments and inspiring guests, some minutes of deep breaths, that is my quest. If while we're here, then our insides expand to be more compassionate to our fellow man and woman and person. And, and remember, the truth is that kindness is cool. Have sex with my feelings and fuck being cruel. Because our power it lies in our minds and our hearts. Opening up is a really good place to start. are ready for some nutritional value mixed with candy. If like candy had the nutritional value of kale, that is the human version or food version of the human being that we're talking to today, which is the truly genuine, authentic wonder that is Karen David. I met Karen uh, when she guest starred as uh, Mary Meadows on uh, Criminal Minds. No spoilers! But also she's uh, she's known for portraying Princess Isabella Maria Lucia Elisabetta of Valencia in the musical comedy series Galavant. And she was Princess Jasmine once upon a time. And she was Karen in, uh, uh, but no, she's always Karen. She's always Karen. And she's she's Karen and I love that she's Karen. You know, it's all about inflection, you guys. If everyone walked around and was like, Kirsten, it sounds, you know, it's it, my name is Kirsten. Her name is Karen. It's like Karen. Anyway. Karen also uh, uh, played Grace in Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, she is an activist in her own right in that she is she activates kindness and joy in me and in other people. And and she knows she knows a thing or two about cancel culture. And me and her talk about it. And we talk about what we don't know and what we do know. Everybody, I give you Karen David. so much for being on the show. What a neat subject. <laughs> this getting ready and how what you said about how everyone has a place, every single person. And I always think about that, especially when someone is behaving reprehensibly, because I, I believe that like it can, it is in an arguable truth that all of us have the right to take in air all of us have the right to be on the planet. All of us have the right to go after our dreams. And this separation of the human and the behavior, I think is so important. And we get a little confused as people about this. The behavior is, is, is the problem. And that it is okay to say that behavior is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. It is, and, and I'll do that, like I do it on my Instagram thing, whatever, I've learned how to do it. But it's one thing to say, you're bad. And it's another thing to say, your behavior is right now unseemly to yourself and your family. Like, I know you're better than that. I, this behavior is not okay. Like, don't, no one should be acting like that because that's not help the community as a whole. But uh, it's, I like you talking about how we all 
have a place, not just the people that we agree with and not just the people that, you know, are in alignment all with us, that we all deserve to be here and we all deserve to have our opinions and our, our journey to mm-hmm. get to more clarity and to get to, you know, I always say like, I wanted to do the show cause I wanted to do some good old fashioned brainwashing, like washing of the brain. Like it's dirty, mm-hmm. wash it. You gotta, you know, hose it down sometimes. <laughs> but um, I, why I wanted to talk to you specifically, cause this was, we want to do a thing about cancel culture. And, uh, and I, I just, it didn't even hit me that I was having a Karen on during cancel culture and the <laughs> Karen thing that has occurred, right? And, and, and it didn't even occur to me. And then I was like, oh, wow, that's just magic. And then, uh, and, then, and then also you and I are of a similar ilk, I think. I know. I just know. Uh, I, I, in that like um, this, we're both very earnest and we both have a deep desire to um, participate and, and to stand up for uh, things that are uplifting mm-hmm. and expansive and also are open to when we get called out, we also want to examine it. And are, I, I've watched you do this. I've watched people like, call you out. And sometimes like, why are you being so cool to them? But like, it's not, what I love about you is it's not important for you to dig your heels into the dirt and like defend. You just kind of are like, oh, oh, that's how you see it. Oh, oh, what can I learn from you and it's it's delicious and um we we're sitting here talking about cancel culture and cancel culture cannot exist in earnestness it's why i was saying you and i could never be canceled because it can't exist in in a spirit of earnestness or openness it just can't yeah i think now i think now more than ever we're in such sensitive times everything is sort of percolated to the top and and I I have so much empathy I go immediately now to empathy and that has a lot to do with life experience um and and knowing that especially with those that are the naysayers or that are consumed with a different way of thinking from most I will always go to empathy rather than to shoot them down because it's coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's deep rooted coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the good news in all of this is that I am seeing, and I'm sure you are too, I'm seeing a big shift in the energy and the attitudes on social media where people are beginning to have those uncomfortable conversations openly, knowing that there will be differences of opinions but people are more open to hearing each other out and trying to make each other's, you know, each side come to some sort of understanding, whether they agree with it or not. And that gives me hope. Yes. I feel that any of us that are on social media, especially now, we have a responsibility about how we want our profiles and the community that we want to foster um, and support and encourage. We have a responsibility with that and what we want to say. That's where social media has its magical and positive 
benefits to it. Because I mean, I must admit, in the beginning, years ago, when you know Facebook came up, when Twitter came up, Instagram, I was very reluctant to join any of these. I was like, well, it can't just be. And look, it's absolutely fine if you take a selfie, but you know, it's to each his own, right? But I just feel like, especially now, and especially with celebrity culture too, in these sensitive times. Um, this is an opportunity for each and every one of us to to be that generation where we are a generation of compassion and empathy and listening um even amongst divided you know divided lines it's 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 so important that that we stand up and embrace this chance and this opportunity to to foster a more communicative um environment and and i'm seeing that especially with the younger generation which which warms my heart so much and gives me so much hope for the future and yeah. and that is what i hold on to because yeah. to see um so much that we have seen of people of all ages uh all walks of life coming together and uniting especially for blm um that that just that just excites me to no end and it's so important that we keep cheering everyone on to do that and and to to know that we're here to support each other we're not here we got to take the ego out now this is about supporting each other and 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 listening listening right. is so important yeah and i like when you were talking about the the social media thing i so agree with you i always liken it to like this is my lawn and what i put on my lawn <laughs> i want to be uplifting or interesting or helpful but it's my lawn mm -hmm. and I get to curate it. And sometimes people come on my lawn and they say something different than what I, what I see. And I go to them because I've made an agreement. I guess I posted something, you're gonna say something. And I say, we're getting our news from different places. Mm -hmm. uh, this behavior, these words you just used are unseemly. I would like you to take this off. I'm giving you an opportunity to do that. If you, want it, if you don't want to, I'm gonna go donate to something you don't want me to. Mm -hmm. But also like I, I can only imagine the kind of pain you've experienced in your life that what I said to help another person hurts you. And I'm, I'm, I feel for you about that. And nine times out of 10, when you say that, someone writes back this monologue about like these terrible things that happened to them. Now it's like, yeah, this is not the place. My, my, my Twitter feed or my Instagram feed is not the place for you to like do your therapy, you know, and it's not the place for you to educate yourself. Like, it's my, mine is a little, I point a finger and then you go somewhere else. But it's that like you curate what you want your lawn to be, but you're also letting in people, you know, so I try to create this environment, which I, I think I agree with you. People are doing where it's more porous. Yeah. It's not like you said something mean and now I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to say, I see you. Do you really want to be okay with that? You really okay with that? And, and so that it's like, I'm not going to like just pretend you don't exist or reduce you because that is where it starts getting yeah. like tricky is that reductiveness and and I feel like we end up doing that adults do it a lot more than kids I watch a, a lot of adults I know and you and I are different than that I mean I know we're both adults but we both don't have that thing and and people get on my case about it I wonder if they get on your case about it about like so you know uh, optimistic and you know whatever <laughs> But it's yeah. like, it's like that sort of like, yeah, it's all, 
dull over, dull. And I'm like, no, it's not. It can't, it can't be. It can't be all over. There's little seven-year-olds running around right now, for goodness sake. And you and I and everybody else got an opportunity to run around and be seven without hearing a bunch of people go, oh, it's all over. And like, I want them to have the same. I want my inner seven-year-old to be able to feel hopeful for her dreams and what she does tomorrow instead of like, it's all over. And you said something interesting the other day to me that I loved about, um, about 2020 and what people have been saying about 2020 and <laughs> cancel culture, mm-hmm. which was? Well, 2020, a lot of people are very uh, quick to say, well, I'm canceling this year. Canceling Let's it. just write it off. Let's just forget about it. Yes. I heard and- that about John. They were like, John Lewis has died. 2020 is canceled. I'm like, John Lewis was older had a sickness that he probably wanted to be released from and did so much wonderful stuff in his life. Don't you dare cancel his, you know, don't you dare cancel a moment that he was here on this planet. Don't you, but yeah. Yeah. And I know, and I know that, that it's coming for most people, it's coming from a good place because they're feeling they're in pain, they're in mourning. Um, and this year without question has tested all of us and has brought all of us to our knees um, in humility, that's for sure. Uh, and, and we have been reminded yet again, but so harshly about the fragility of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it, it saddens me though, when I do see more and more people saying, oh, canceling 2020. And I would say to, to those of you who are watching that have said it, and look, I understand why we say that, but life is too short. Mm-hmm. And we only have one shot at this. Mm-hmm. And let's turn 2020 around to be the year of gratitude, to be the year of reflection. Let this be one of the most important defining years of your life in your journey that you will look back upon. And you will ask yourself, what did I do? And I don't mean goal oriented. I, I, what did I, I do? What did I do to, to you know? do this? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not about doing big things. It's not about doing the little things. It's what's doing doing something that's right for you that makes you proud of yourself, of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the essence of you. I and, and and it's such a domino effect of what that creates. You know, like I said, this is an opportunity this year. To, to do the things that you never got a chance to do, to even think about, even thinking about things, digesting things, um, processing things, learning things, unlearning things. Yes, questioning, questioning yeah. things that we just thought were just, that's the way it is. Yeah. 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 So I don't want anyone to cancel their lives because your life and your voice is so important. Yes. Now more than ever. And I'm yes. adamant about that. No, no and to canceling 2020. Exactly. And <laughs> the thing is, is that exactly when we take care of those, those dreams and those things inside of us, it's, it's micro macro, you know what I mean? The environment that you create inside your body is going to directly, you can look outside and you can find reflections of it, right? So if you want this beautiful, verdant, juicy, thriving people communicating out there. You have to really create that in here. And, you know, when you were, when you were saying that it was making me think, you know what, if you're so busy, if you're so engrossed with 
getting really curious and being in wonder about how you approach and get ready for the new world and get ready to get ready and figure it out and on your own. You're too busy to cancel another person. You're just too busy. And as far as I'm concerned, if someone is behaving in a way that needs to be called out, they're doing it much like you're saying, like a child has like a tantrum, you know, and I'm not going to waste my energy to have an argument or to do something or to shut you down when I could be over here working on something over here, much like you would with a child that was having a tantrum or whatever, you go do something else. You know, when I used to substitute teach, you don't pay attention to the kid who's, you know, if you pay, if you can pay attention to the kid who's doing the thing you want and you can look over to that kid and be like, Hey, look, I see you breathing. Good job. And then focus on the kid that's doing the thing you want. You'll watch this kid go like, what? But we don't, do that, you know, because we're so conditioned to respond to the negative. You know, people get so mad about like, why did we stay inside this whole time? Because we don't know how much good we did. Yeah. You know, we don't know how much we prevented and how we didn't, we didn't have the situation that they had in Italy because we did stay home and we didn't have a lot of hospitals that had to turn away people based on their age or whatever that we did that and, and we don't notice what we do that's right. And we're very punitive, you know, to ourselves too. I think that that's what you, I'm hearing you say that we're so, we have so much pain in here that it just goes like, what? Yeah, it can, it, there's a tendency for it to be misguided. And um, that's why when I do see, and, and fortunately it hasn't happened a lot to me, but it has happened a lot, uh, especially recently. And that's because a lot of people were, were hurting so much. And so they felt that they had to lash out, especially with people with profiles. And what they didn't know and what I was trying to explain to them was, I'm listening, I'm hearing you. I'm also being vigilant by doing my research and educating myself so that I can understand the grand picture and to know where to start, how to move forward with purpose, with radical empathy, as Rachel Cargo who's a fan, phenomenal um, black activist. Yes. Uh, if any of you don't know who Rachel Cargill is, she she has been, how, how do you sum her up in a nutshell? She has the Patreon, she has the great unlearn on Patreon, right? Yeah. Yes. And she's she's phenomenal. She, one-stop shop, you know, where you go and she really tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. It's gonna make you feel guilty. And those are good things because this is the beginning now of, of our, our learning and unlearning process, of our sort of redemption in a way. And everyone is entitled to that, you know? That's why this whole thing about shutting people down right away, it's like, well, no, listen to them. If there is an opportunity where you can show uh, some support to them in the sense like, hey, let's have a conversation about this, if you're open to it, where we can speak about this because you're saying something that's not really in alignment with this and let me explain why. Um, I, I think if there is an opportunity, I think each and every one of us should seize that moment to to have those conversations. Obviously, if it's someone who's being like a troll and goodness knows we've seen so many of those, you're right. It's uh, it's so sometimes you can't tell the difference. You, you know, yeah, it's hard. I'm sure you've been in the same position as me where I've earnestly, you know, galloped forward having a to have a conversation with someone only to be like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like there's no, this was intentionally to, you know, and you don't know that until you go in and then you go, you know what? I 
radically forgive myself for, you know, okay. Uh, and, and I've learned now, like I've gotten certain like things, like when people ask me questions, I'm like, you know, I'm not the best person to educate you about that. Here's some places, you know, and you get better at it mm-hmm. and really learning how to disconnect the behavior of the person so that you're not all in a froth about it. I don't want to be in a froth about someone behaving in a certain way. I want to use that energy to go make things better. Like but that not- transparency we're seeing more now, which is so good, you know, yes. because yeah. I've had to say the same thing. I said, okay, I list, I, I hear you. I'm not the right person to talk to about this. I'll list some other resources yeah. um, or I'll step away because that's not what this conversation's about. You know, that's this right. is not that's helping. Right. But so, the attempt, like you saying the attempt, yeah. which I, I loved what you just said, which is everyone is entitled to redemption. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. But that's because I, I feel like, especially with you and you and I, love that we, we choose to see the best in each other because we've been brought up, especially, you know, growing up, like I was bullied in, in, in school growing up. And, and that, that gave me such a higher sensitivity to wanting to be treated the way I would treat other people. So yeah. even on social media with you and I, I see it. You want to see the best in people. And unfortunately, there are going to be those that my mom says are not going to get you ever or yeah. are not going to love you. You can't make everyone love you. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the trolls, I've walked into some of those too, not knowing because I choose to see the best in people. But Exactly. And then I have to remind myself, like, do you really need that kind of person to like you? No, I, I can care about them and want them well and whatever, but I don't need that person. Yeah, I don't, I don't need, you know, and I think you're doing something a little wrong. If everybody in the world thinks you're amazing, then you're not standing, you know, for anything. I pray that those, those people that are hurting so much will find the courage to love themselves. Yeah. Um, because the minute that you do that, and my dad's always told me that since I was a little girl, I think I told you, right? My dad, I, I would always say to my dad every day as a little girl, and even to this day, I love you, daddy. I love you, daddy. And he would say, I love you too, but love yourself first. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 daddy. He goes, no, no, you love yourself first. Because when you love yourself first, that is when you become the better human being for not only you, but everyone else around you and it's something that becomes, <laughs> it's just something that becomes more prevalent as each year goes by mm-hmm. um it's what you said life is all about continuing to grow and evolve um and to learn that 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 should always be a constant you know yeah, yeah. To, to be the best versions of ourselves as human beings yeah um, and, and that's, that's one thing that I feel that is just so important to encourage, especially with, you know, when we're giving pep talks or younger, you know, to the younger generation or those that are just graduating out of university and college, especially during a pandemic is, uh, yeah. is that, um, you guys, you guys will continue the good work. Like I can already, we can already see that shift and that change yes. and that, that awareness that they have now that even you and I didn't necessarily have absolutely. growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, when you were talking, I, I want to ask this question cause it, it came up in my brain and I'm very curious. Do you cancel culture yourself? Have you ever done that? <laughs> it's always easy for us to be our worst critics. 
It's so easy. But what I'm seeing now, which I find alarming, is that because we live in such a comparative culture, which is so directly tied into social media as well, is that there is more of this um, more of this attitude which is spreading of, well, I don't deserve that. Well, I don't, I'm not good enough. Or that'll never happen to me. And that makes me really alarmed because- You do I, that to yourself sometimes? I used to, I used to. And it was so easy, especially when I was bullied. There's a tendency, you know, when you hear something repetitive, repeatedly being said to you over and over that you're not good enough, that you're nothing. And, you know, I, I being um, a person of color growing up, I grew up in a predominantly Caucasian community. Um, and part of my bullying was about racism. Um, and, and I think feeling awkward or the odd one out, uh, I would always hide behind my hair, my glasses and stare at the floor all the time because I was too afraid to look up because when you hear these words all the time being told to you, mm -hmm. but I will say this, I had such, I have amazing parents, I have amazing teachers, mentors that, um, God bless them, that were there to, to guide me through a really trying time. And um, I'm so grateful to them because I would then continue to be um, to be thinking negatively and all that. And, and this then brings up a conversation about systemic racism, where you're talking about um, the schools and the communities uh, where they need to have proper funding to have good teachers, to have good mentors, especially mm -hmm. for the children. They, they, can you imagine if we all started on equal footing on the oh same platform? Yeah. Yes, oh and God. that you didn't have to deal with the, the internalized, your own internalized racism that got given to you by other people telling you there was something wrong with you being different looking than them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, and it's interesting. It's also, I think, you know, in, in a different way, I was bullied, but I totally understand that looking down at the floor and whatever, and still having wants and desires, right? Still having things you want to go for and whatever it is inside yourself that says, I really want to look down and I really, and I don't know about you, but I still, I think the same bad thoughts from back, I still have to, they still come up, mm -hmm. but I've just learned a lot of tools to challenge them, you know, and I, I sort of still am that girl who's like, nope, more, I know it feels like you just want to look down at the ground. I know it feels like the best thing to do is hide, that you put your head up and you, you keep moving, like you just do that. And, and so it, that resilience I think is something that that cancel culture is basically saying like, no, don't, don't learn resilience. And, and cancel culture is, is avoiding the very thing of like, if someone says like, what you just said was bad and I'm going to cut you off. Like, it doesn't mean that you're cut off. You're taking that step. You know what I mean? Like just because something unfortunate happens in a year, doesn't mean the year doesn't exist. Yeah. And I know in different situations, look, each situation is so different. Um, because we've seen really poor examples of <laughs> people that have that have spoken out of turn, but then oh, continue yeah. to do so. But there's always a moment yeah. of redemption. Yeah. The Brianna Taylor cops can all come out of their houses tomorrow and walk themselves down to the courthouse or whatever and and spill the beans on themselves. Yeah. 
that they, they can do that. They can write that. And you know, that's not, I think going at people and saying, why aren't you being, why are you holding yourself accountable? Why aren't you holding this accountable? There's always redemption is always possible, you know? Yeah. And we have to, we, we've seen it in so many um, news stories. We're hearing so many of our black brothers and sisters that may have committed a minor crime and being punished so brutally. And then you can see, well, Richard Brooks, when he was talking, you know, him just wanting to come back into the community and be uh, a law abiding citizen and, and to be able to have that second chance for silly, he says, for his silly mistakes that he made when he was younger. And he deserves that chance. Right. You know, it, it just, <laughs> my blood boils when when I see, especially when, when we witness and we see someone who wants to better themselves and wants to learn, we all make mistakes, my God. <laughs> you know, I think and, the people that freak out, it's like they don't want anyone else to know that they make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's this creating this sort of perfectionist ideal, you know, that you have to be this and this and that. It, it, that's why I go back again and again to um, us being uh, accountable and responsible for what we post on our social media pages, because I don't want... I don't want it to be, I don't want to promote compare, you know, comparisons and all that. No, this is about me cheering you on and wishing you so much goodwill and good energy to, to live your best life and, and yeah. be, and, and, and be proud of who you are. Yeah. And that there's plenty of thriving for everybody. Yes. Like there's that, room, there's room yeah. for everyone to grow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that like, I always have to remind myself, like I, I, you know, you, you have to figure out a, if there's like an, a way to uplift, we cannot be poor enough, sick enough, mad enough, any of that to help other, to make sick people, poor people, angry people better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all we can do is thrive and say like, my, I, I am thriving. I want you to thrive. And what do you, what do you, you know what I mean? And I feel like I'm tr constantly trying to like, what do you, it's tough. Look, look, there is, I will say, there is so much power in simply changing your point of view and how you choose to react to things. And that's something that has taken me my whole life to learn. And I practice, I practice that every day. And the good news in that is that you get better and better at it every day. Yeah. But there is so much power within your control of how you choose to react to things. Yeah. And, and, I remember when my mentors were first telling me that, I was like, oh my gosh, just changes. It changes your whole trajectory of your journey. Yeah. The minute yeah. that you start, and look, we've all grown, with our, grown up with our blind spots. And at some point in your life, whether it's a midlife crisis or whatnot, I remember just before I turned 30, I was trying to express myself to my mother that I don't know what it was. I just said to mom that I felt like I was at a crossroad. I, fe I feel like we have this manual textbook for each and every one of us of, of the book of our lives. And I'm looking up at this manual now at the precipice of turning 30 and something just doesn't fit right. It's like a circuit has become loose and I don't know how to explain it, but I need to I need to find that harmony, which makes me tick. And I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And my mom then told me, she said, well, you need to go back and look at your blind spots because as kids, things happen to us as children, as teenagers, and we're too young 
psychologically especially we don't have that maturity yet to truly uh, break down a situation and understand what it is so when we look at something that has happened to us as a child and especially what what could have been as a child very scarring which now as an adult you look back on and you say oh well it wasn't that bad however as a child we don't know how to break that down we don't have those skills and so and so to that that story a story then forms and that story becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more convoluted and then it that carries into our personalities the, the psychologists say that by the time you're 18 a young adult whatever has happened to you as a child and a teenager whatever incidents like major things that have happened to you they form who you are as a young adult and that's what you take into your adulthood and that is something that a lot of people don't necessarily know and that's why yeah. i encourage as 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 painful as it might be uh it does take a lot of courage but like i said like my dad says you love yourself you you do the work because you are worth it yeah and, so worth it and you're then using your energy to heal yourself instead of using your energy to cover up your story, which oftentimes means pointing at somebody over there and saying, you're bad, don't look over here. <laughs> like, and that is, that's so true. That's so yeah. true. That's so true. You, uh, I, I want to talk to you every day. <laughs> Me too. I want to talk I to you. Just, I love you. And it's sort of amazing how much I love you because we don't see a whole bunch of each other. And it's just, I just... I, I'm so happy for any opportunity to get to see you. Now you can see Karen. Uh, Karen has a show called Tea with Karen on the Instagram that is a delight. What's, what day is it on? So usually it's on a Wednesday, but I work around, you know, um, my friends get shed, schedule schedules. I always want to be yeah. respectful. Do I say schedule schedules? Um, schedules? I just work around their schedules. I mean, we've had you on, which is so lovely and so mm -hmm. much fun. Uh, and then you're getting ready to go back to work on on fear i mean we're we're like every production right now every network every cable company they're trying to navigate through this new norm right and to make sure that everyone can be safe and do it as safely as possible so i mean fingers crossed yeah but if you if you don't know karen just go look her up because you get to see an extraordinary actress <laughs> Because sometimes she's not nearly this sweet. Um, <laughs> I, no, not I wasn't. I wasn't that sweet with you. But in yeah. between takes, I trust oh, me. So sweet. Those yeah. who ask, like, yes, it absolutely was so difficult to be horrible <laughs> to this fun. lovely, lovely I lady it. here. Yeah. I, I, I. It was very difficult. It was very difficult. Like I wanted to hug. I want to hug you in between takes. Like I think you did. Time. No, it's okay. I think so, you did. Yeah, you know, but please, yeah, I, I, um, I love, I love speaking with you all the time. You Thank just, you so uh, much. like I said, your infectious energy. You just, you bring out the best in others. Love. Ah, and you so. do that too. I am a reflection of you. <laughs> I say that sometimes to people, and I know it's true, but ah, uh, to be a reflection. Of <laughs> I've really made it. You're my sister, and I love you. And, and I will always look out for you. And I think that, you know, especially with women, you know, women supporting women have to cheer each other on. That's right. Because we go out. It's not getting about- Getting ready for a whole new world, man. Um, yeah, thank you so much.
Kirsten's Agenda podcast is a Friends at Work production. It is executive produced by me, Kirsten Vangsness, and Andrea Sumter. Our producers are Natasha Bellicove, Katie Phillips, and Jeremy Gruber. Our podcast is edited by John Knowles. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, being kind is punk as fuck. Thank you.